Good morning, Rock of Gracers. How are you? Come on, stand up to your feet. Why don't you just give somebody a wave or a, a COVID hug, the elbow touch. I don't know what you want to do. But we're going to start here and we're going to believe that God is going to be glorified in this place. How many guys ready to glorify Jesus? I said, how many of you are ready to glorify Jesus? Amen? Let's do it. Yeah. 
lift your hands to heaven. Your love never fails. Your love never fails me. So why would I worry? Your love never fails. Why should I worry? And why should I ever be afraid? Cause your love never fails me. Your love never fails me. Go ahead, just right now, just fix your attention on the Lord. Remove every distraction. God, we fix our eyes on you. Fix our heart on you. Nothing. 
Shoot 
get it? Come on, sing it. The precious name of God. Why you love me so, Lord, I shall never know. The precious name of God.
lift your name up in this place. Behold your name, the Lamb of God. Church, can we just take a moment to just bask in his presence? Can we just say together the name of Jesus? inside of our lives, inside of our hearts, that we know that you can move in mighty ways today. And that the mountains aren't just moved in here, but they're moved in our hearts and they're moved in our communities and they're moved in our homes. And we invite you into our lives to allow us to move mountains in your names this week. That we know that you have something incredible planned each one of us, that you allow us to see it, that you continue to bless the word and the time that we have with you as we continue to move and walk in faith and in love of you. Be with us today, and we love you, and we praise you, and in your name all God's people say team. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. Why don't you guys take 30 seconds and give maybe a neighbor or somebody a socially distanced hello, and we're going to jump in in a moment. Well, for those of you that I have not had the honor of meeting yet, my name is Pastor Dave Brock, and I'm the executive pastor here at Rock of Grace, and I'm now in my second month here, which is exciting. You know, it's really crazy to have moved here right before Christmas, and it's been so great to know so many of you, but I'm also seeing new faces. Maybe you're new to Rock of Grace, and if you are new, I'm new too. I would love to meet you, but one of the greatest ways that we can get to know you is in the chair in front of you. There's going to be something called a connection card or a connect card. If you want to grab that and just fill it out, or maybe you've been coming here for a while and your information has changed, if you just want to fill that out so that way we can just know you're here and make sure we have the right information for you guys so we can stay connected with you, that would be fantastic. But also, on your chairs, you should have seen one of these this morning, and this is just one of those quick things you can throw in your fridge and wherever you really keep things. Maybe it's on your mirror somewhere so you see what's going on. This is a great way just to see some of the big things that are coming up in 2021 that we've got planned here at Rock of Grace. And last, if you were on any of our teams, if you're a team member of any capacity, on the last Sunday this month, January 31st, we're going to be having our first leadership night of the year. 
and you are invited to join us. It's going to be right here at 6.30. We're just going to gather. We're going to take a look at what's going to be happening with our teams and everything throughout 2021, but also opportunity to connect with your ministry leader and the directors and see what's going on with all of these things at Rock of Grace. Because I am so excited for what God is going to do. You know, God moved in, in unforeseen ways in 2020, and he's going to do the same, maybe less pandemic ways, in 2021. But we know that God is good and that good things are going to happen. So you do not want to miss this leadership night if you're a part of any of our teams in any way. Plus, you get to meet myself. And if I've not met you, and I really want to meet you too. So please come join us. It's going to be awesome. But right now, I'm going to pray for our offering. So there's three ways to give right now. Right now, we're not really passing anything uh, for, I think, what's now obvious. But if you haven't known, you can give online at our website. You can also give in an app or on our app, it's The Rock Graces on Android and iPhone, or in the back, we've got some boxes, and you can just drop it off in an envelope with a check, cash, uh, not Bitcoin, but whatever you have. And this is a great way that we can just continue to be faithful in our tithing and our offering as we are giving and living to serve life. And serve, not life, Jesus with our lives. But let's pray for our offering before we jump into the rest of the service today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for each person that's giving regularly online, that's giving in person faithfully, that you continue to bless the abundance, bless each moment of ways that we can continue to honor you and those that we're continuing to honor you with our giving and our finances. Because God, you are so clear with this and we ask that you continue to honor each person's faithfulness in each moment. We give this to you and in your name we pray, amen. What if we truly understood stewardship? This idea that everything we have is not ours, but God's. How would that change our perspective? How much more careful would we be with what we've been given? How much more would we pray asking God, the owner, what he would like us to do in each and every situation? The truth is one day we will all give an account to the master, a report on what we did with what we were given. Jesus made that clear. The question is, will he turn to you and say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my joy. How many have been with us the last couple weeks for the Good Steward uh, sermon series so far? Is God speaking to your heart? I know God's speaking to my heart just as I'm uh, reading and, and studying. Um, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna recap the first couple weeks. Uh, then we're going to get into today's sermon. So if you've got notes, by the way, I noticed a lot of you are using the app now, which is really cool. I texted uh, Pastor Dave this morning and said, hey, a lot more people are using the app. So Rock of Grace uh, app uh, has all the sermon notes there with fill in the blanks and uh, dismukes. So oh, good to see you. Oh, my gosh. New little baby. So cute. Uh, actually, we got some miracles to start. All right. Who's ready to hear some miracles? Listen, y'all. I told you guys the Lord spoke to my heart that we're going to have 52 days of miracles, right? I have had a call or a text just about every day. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. I got two yesterday, two yesterday. So here's just a few of them. A third car was given away. Who's excited about that? Pretty awesome. It was, it was cool. It was good. It was very nice. And a single mom had a miracle in getting a house purchase. She had a bunch of uh, roadblocks, right? And then suddenly uh, the loan officer called her back. And she actually, she said, hey, I want, you know, I said, can I share this story? She said, yeah, use my name, use whatever, because it's, it's really a huge prayer. Amy Knowles, right? So she's been praying for a home for a long time. You guys know Amy? You guys know Amy. 
And, you know, single mom, and uh, she's been praying for a home that God would just make a way. And there was a bunch of roadblocks, roadblocks, roadblocks. And uh, so she, she called a friend, um, I can't remember if it was Noelle or who, um, and just prayed, believed in faith. The loan officer called back and said, hey, never mind, you can have that home. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> so let's lift that up. Let's give God praise for that. A good friend of mine has had chronic knee pain as long as I have known him. He's had it since uh, high school, football injury. He was totally healed. Is this awesome? Uh, and then we talk about Christy uh, Dismukes, little baby. Is it Evelyn? Did I spell that right? Because sometimes I really mess up spelling. E-V-E-L-Y-N? Two L's? That's fine. It's, I blew it. I blew it. I can't spell my own daughter's name, actually. Eliana. I always add too many L's and N's and just get lost. All right. Let's recap the last few weeks. Everything in your life is a gift of God's grace. Can we say grace? Everything in your life, guys, everything in your life is a gift of God's grace. We said God is more concerned with your faithfulness than your success. To be faithful is to be reliably excellent. And I am not in the center. There we go. That will distract me major. I just felt like Dave. I was just preaching to you, man. All right. <laughs> to be faithful means to be reliably excellent. Can everybody say reliably excellent? I got that from my friend Matt Anderson. He's actually preaching in Cortland today. Um, to be reliably excellent. And so a lot, of, a lot of us sometimes buy into this lie that, you know, you'll look at someone else is stewardship, right? You'd be like, oh, if I could just do that. Has anybody ever bought into that lie? If I just did that, then God would be like high-fiving me. No, God is high-fiving you when you're doing what God asks you to do. All right, so here's our three points for the whole month, right? I like to keep it simple here. The good steward is committed to being faithful more than being successful. The good steward is motivated by gratitude. Gratitude to who? To Jesus, right? The good steward is rewarded. Isn't that wild? And re-enters into joy. Last week we said Throughout our lives, we enter new seasons, right? So that's what we talked about last week, stewarding seasons. How many of you have, enter, uh, have ever entered a new season of life? It should be most of you. How many of you graduated high school and you're like, what just happened? How many remember turning 21, right? I had, a friend, I had a friend text me last week. He said, 2020 turned 21 and immediately started drinking. <laughs> I was like, that's a good one. How many, how many thought 21 got a little crazier, right? You thought 2020 was crazy. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, how many of y'all have been praying for our government, for our, our nation, right? Me, our dean, and Jesse. Anybody else? How many of y'all are praying, right, for what's going on? We need to pray God's peace and God's wisdom and the fear of the Lord, right? So we not only steward grace, but the seasons in the assignments that we all get in those, new, uh, in those new seasons, we get assignments. So that's what we talked about the last couple of weeks. Today, we're talking about stewarding finances. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh no, oh no, he's going there. Okay, now don't be scared, don't be scared. Um, <laughs> it is a joy to talk about this because the more you start to trust God, you realize it's a lot of fun. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy 6, verse 9. Or you can look at the screen or the mobile app. 1 Timothy 6, verse 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, 
into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Now, in our main parable, our text from God's Word we read last week and the week before, Luke 19, we find that Jesus the Master is excited to give each steward a blessing, a reward for being a good steward. A reward. When we understand, guys, that Jesus is the Master, that He is the Creator, that He is the one who provides all things, what we need, not us, we get an entirely different outlook on life. So now, not only am I grateful, I'm careful with what I have. Now I'm not only grateful, I'm careful with what I have. So a lot of us, we accidentally think that God is over here on Sundays, and we don't realize that Jesus wants to be the center of your life. Something you hear me say a lot here, right? Jesus can be the center and is to be the center of your life. And so even at work, even your nine to five, everything, even your career glorifies his name. I said, even your career glorifies his name. Even the money that comes in, right, that you get in that paycheck, you say, oh, this can glorify your name. The good steward thinks, how is this scenario glorifying Jesus. It's one of the things I was rereading uh, Confessions by Augustine um, two weeks ago. And he comes back to that idea a lot. In his brokenness, in his passion for, for uh, uh, lust, and he tries to, to give that to the cross. And he, in his honesty, I love Augustine's honesty. That's one of the things that makes uh, his, his book Confessions one of the, the best in theology. Because he doesn't pretend that everybody else has sin and he doesn't. He's honest with his sin, his pride of life, and his, and his struggle against sin. And he, and he comes, keeps coming back to this idea in the book over and over. God, where do I stand with you? Where do I stand with you? And so often in this area of finances, we don't want to address that. We want to say, God, this is mine. But here's the lie. Satan says, if you'll just control it, then you'll have peace. And what God says, if you'll just, if you'll just let God control it, you'll have peace. So ironic. The good steward knows his time is short to manage what he's been given. So today has two points I'm going to keep coming back to. You'll see a lot of things on the screen, but the two things I want you to remember. In fact, could we maybe all uh, read it out loud? The good steward knows that his time is short to manage what he's been given. The good steward knows his trust is in the Lord, not his possessions. Now, if we're really honest, how many of you guys know it's, it's probably easier to go to church and not be honest, right? I mean, right, Pastor Ed? Like, we go to church and the pastor says something, you're like, well, I ignore that, right? <laughs> but if we're honest, this area of finances, man, it can be hard to trust God. Anybody? It can be hard to trust God. You can be following God for 10 years, Bob, you can be following God for 20 years and God say, I want you to give that missionary $100. And like you hear it loud and clear, right? And you're like, Lord, I need to pray about that. <laughs> right? Just think about that logic for a minute, okay? And so there's this idea of like, well, Lord, I give you Sunday, but this, uh, I'm going I'm to keep a hold of that one. 
Right? Is anybody? Is it just me? Okay. God is continually, the more you follow Jesus, the more he'll teach you to surrender. The more you follow Jesus, the more he will teach you to surrender and to give. Amen? The good steward knows that his trust is not in the possessions, not in the money in the bank. It's not in the car in the driveway. It's in the Lord. So the good steward has no problem parting with $100 for a missionary or uh, the, the gas being filled up of the person behind you, right? The good steward lets go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. <laughs> Open the door. <laughs> I don't know how the next line goes, but it's awesome. All right. <laughs> Actually, I hate that song now. Any parents out there heard that song over and over? How about, how about version two, part two? Have you heard that song? Worst song in the entire world. Any parents? How many know what I'm talking about? It says, over and over. 20 minutes of, it's. Does anybody else have five kids that plays that song? On repeat. Okay. <laughs> little side trail. Okay. Open up your Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 19. Matthew 6, 19. So some of you might hear me read this and you're like, you know, you might think, Pastor Jordan, didn't you talk about that a year ago? Well, here's the thing. This is a type of, uh, it was like last spring in our Elephant in the Room series. Um, and we talked about these different things, right? And uh, this chapter, what Jesus says here, it's so clear and so in your face Talking about the subject of money, I, we can't avoid this. Look at this. Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither wrath or moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, if you remember me talking about this last, last time, I remember talking about this there where your treasure is. Notice the, 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 the placement of that, where your treasure is. How many know you, you do have money somewhere? Right? Right? So how many of you uh, paid a water bill? Right? That's because you probably value. Right? How many of you um, paid a, a gas bill to Dominion? That's because you value electricity or electricity. Oh, my gosh power. Paid a gas bill. You know what I meant. You value having the lights on, right? And having a gas stove, whatever. You, wherever your treasure is, that reveals what you value. Easy. This is why Jesus, are you guys ready for this one? Everybody just pull your toes in just a little bit. Just slide them in. Slide them in. Money is the topic Jesus preached on the most. Now, Steve, why would he do that? Right? Why would Jesus talk about money the most? Because he knows it's the easiest way to see what you care about. Isn't it? Like, right? Because if I open your bank statement and I see, you know, golf.com, $100 a month, I can say, you value golf. If I were to open your bank and I were to see, you know, gift to this person, gift to this person, Bella Women's Center, missionary, whoever, you know what I'm like? Oh, they value uh, kingdom. Right? Okay. So look at this. Often Jesus 
We said this last week, and I want to reiterate it in, in light of finances. Jesus gives us the very thing we give him. Why? He wants to make sure the thing you're giving is not Lord, but he is. This has to do, we said last week, this has to do with the dream of God in your life, the, the assignments, the calling. You say, this is my dream. This is my calling, right? I, 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 want, I want this position at work, and God, I believe you're, you're, you're going to give me that position, and I'm going to reach people in this department for Jesus. This is my, this, whatever it is. It could be graphic design. It could be police. It could be whatever it is. And you say, God, this is my dream. And God might say, hey, why don't you give that to me? Why don't you bring that to me in prayer? Why don't you not stress over that, but just give that to me and say, hey, in my perfect timing? Right? And you know God does this with money. God does this with money. So I want to say this. Clearly, he doesn't always bless you financially right away, but I will say this. I have been a Christian long enough to know it's often that between me and my wife and friends of mine, I can't tell you the number of times we have given a step of faith. We're like, Lord. And sometimes, has the Lord ever asked you to do like, you know, you used to give 10 and the Holy Spirit says give 100. You're like, uh -huh, this one's harder. Right? Right? Yeah. And, but when you do, God comes through and blesses you in an incredible way. Now, the biggest blessing is the peace that comes with not needing control. The biggest blessing is the peace that comes with not needing control. You see, what God wants to make sure is that you have things, but things don't have you. And a lot of Christians still have things, but the things also have them. So when God says, I want you to give that away, you say, oh, let me pray about it. Right? And yet he's the one putting it in your mind. Trust me, like I joke about often when I talk about this topic, you're not that nice. Neither am I. Right? <laughs> I, had to, I had the Lord tell me that like a, a month or two ago. The Lord's like, give that guy a keyboard. I'm like, nah. I like that one. And then I'm like, well, that must be the Lord because that would not be me. So if that's the Lord, then I'm going to obey. Right? And guess what? God is so faithful. He is so faithful to bless you. But, again, what's so sad is so many Christians say, you know what, this area of my life, this one's mine. My precious. Oh, man, now he's preaching. Come on. That was spontaneous, Pastor Dave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. That was the Holy Spirit. Some of you, God tells you to give something. You're like, my precious. I'll stop right there. That could get creepy. Some of you are like, Gollum was on stage preaching today. All right. I'm serious, though. It's true. And when you let this thing control you, oh, I need to preach on Lord of the Rings, right? When you let this thing control you, some of you wonder, you, that's why you're so nasty to people. All right, I'll let go. That's because you have a control issue. It's called lordship. Jesus needs to be Lord. Amen? All right. Luke 12, I need to come back. Remind me to circle back to that. We need a series on Lord of the Rings. You can be Gandalf, right? You are Legolas, hands down, Tim. Just saying, dude, those flowing locks of love, my brother. Okay, Luke 12, 
Luke 12, 22. He said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. I love how ESV says this. Do not worry. So many people worry. Do you know the key to worry is trusting God, hands down. You realize God loves you. That's all you got to know. God loves you. When you realize how much God loves you, you will no longer be anxious. And that anxiety for some of you is causing a lot of strife in your marriage. That worry for some of you is causing a lot of heartache. It's causing a lot of arguments because you're tense and you're worried and you're striving for something God has already given you. He said to his disciples, do not worry. Don't be anxious about your life, what you eat, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. For life is more than food, the body, more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have neither storehouses or a barn, yet God feeds them. How much more does God value you than the birds? That's why this verse, guys, every time I have read this verse, and I have read this verse a lot, and I'm telling you, every time God says, listen, listen, trust me, I'll take care of you. Every time I tell you to give, you better give, right? Which of you, by being anxious, by worrying a single hour, can, can add a single hour to his life? If you're not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the flowers, how they grow. They don't spin or toil. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed by, like one of these. But God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow's thrown in the fire. How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? How many would say, you know what? Pastor Jordan, I'll be honest to say, I could use some more faith in trusting God. And here's the thing. I want to tell you, this is true for all of us. Because maybe you're not at a place of, of tithing yet. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not ready to go there, Pastor Jordan. But maybe God is saying, what would it look like for you to actually trust me? Right? Now, some of you are already tithing. And the Lord's going to say, what if you, what if you also gave to Bella? What if you also did this? One of my life goals uh, is because he's a hero of mine. I think, uh, I, I shouldn't say hero, that's a big word, but I just love what, what, uh, he, what he said in his book, uh, Purpose Driven Life, is Rick Warren gives 90% to the Lord and keeps 10%. That's one of my life goals. Do you know how fun it is to give? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's so fun. It's so fun. Again, when you give, in fact, let's, let's, make, this, let's make this real. Everybody just grab your wallet or your purse, Right? Come on now. Come on now. Oh, you know what? A lot of you, it's like in your phone, isn't it? It's like digital. You're like, I'll bring my Bitcoin. Whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Just hold it in your hand. Just look at it awkwardly. Why does that thing have so much control in your life? Right? I mean, how many decisions do we make based on this? How many of you guys have crazy parents who you walk in the room and they shut off the lights. Can we get real? I'll say, why are the lights off? We're saving money. I'm like, I'll give you the penny. I want to see your face. Bob and Joanne, where are you at? Every time I flick the lights off, I'm like, I need to see you. I'm going to trip. Okay. Why does this thing have so much control? Hold it up in the air, right? Why? why? Why did Jesus talk about this so much? Apparently, he knows it's a sign of what we value. 
Go put that back away. Amen? Philippians 2 says this, Don't look to your own interest, but look to the interest of others. Have this mind in Christ, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider equality to God something to be grasped. But no, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. So you have to realize, if I don't point you to Jesus, all of this today is behavior modification. If I don't point you to Jesus, you'll say, all right, I'm going to do better. I'm going to give more. But next thing you know, when you just try to do better, that's religion. And you'll get worn out. But faith in Jesus is looking upon Jesus, the one who took the nails in his hands and gave everything for you. And because he gave everything for you, how can we not give everything for him? How can we not say, God, you want this $100? No problem. God, you want this $1,000? No problem. Because my life is yours. You're the Lord. I'm not the Lord. And this wallet is not the Lord. Right? We have to look to Jesus. We learn generosity and careful stewardship from Jesus. You say stewardship from Jesus? Yes, guys, think about it. Even Jesus understood stewardship. How many times did people ask him, why do you say that? Why do you do He says, well, my father asked me to. Why do you do I, I saw my father doing it. Why do you say that? I only say what I hear my father saying. He was completely submitted to his father's will. Let's come back to this. The good steward knows his time is short to manage what he's been given. Guys, this life is so short. So short. Don't let this tiny little thing called life, this, this little, I mean, guys, it's, it's 70 years, it's 80 years, maybe 90 years, right, if you're lucky, 90 years. Short. Don't let that be gone and the master come to you and say, what did you do with what I gave you? Gratitude not only leads us to personal peace. How many realize personal peace? Peace is what God promises you, right? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Gratitude not only leads you to peace, but it also leads us to stop overspending, to start saving and giving to others and enjoy giving. I know there's a mouthful. Let's say it again. Gratitude, right? It only leads us to stop spending, I love the way Larry Burkett puts it, stop spending money, things we don't have, to buy things we don't need, to impress people we don't know. That's his best quote. By the way, if you want to grow in the area of finances, anything by Larry Burkett or Dave Ramsey. Anything by Larry, or I was broke, now I'm not. <laughs> We've done that course a lot. We've had about 100 people go through that one uh, up in our conference room. Right? Great books on how to trust God and, and practical advice on this area. Now, some of you say, do we really need to take up a Sunday? Yes, here's why. As your pastor, it's my role to get you to trust God. It's, my, it's literally my job is to get you to trust God, to put all your faith in him. Here's what I also know. Finances is, is still the number one thing couples fight about. Do you know why? You've got two wills. But what if both people gave control to the Lord? Now you've got one in charge. Amen? Gratitude. Ever say gratitude? Let me give you a story. Keith and Karen. As a school teacher, everyone knows uh, the pay isn't great. 
with an income of less than 40000 one adopted son, and no plans for our financial future, I knew we had to make some changes. We heard about Dave Ramsey's plan at our church, and we were so inspired, we set a goal to pay off the rest of our mortgage, $50,000 in five years. Now let me pause for a second. Again, we do a financial seminar called uh, Financial Freedom every uh, or twice a year here, right? And we've had a number of you go through. It's powerful. One of the curriculum, one of the things we use is Dave Ramsey's uh, plan. We knew that total money makeover would uh, change our life, and we did not have a budget. But we were excited to reach a new finish line. I started a side business with eBay. I was able to add $15,000 of extra income to our payment. Wow, she was hustling on, on the evenings, right? It's like selling all kinds of junk. Okay. <laughs> Quality items. All right. With all of this extra income, you might think paying off $50,000 mortgage would be easy, but our plans to adopt a little girl from China, this is why I tell the story, because I, I, we, want, we want to invest in uh, the Kook House missionaries in China one day. So here we go. The adoption costs were around 17000 And just when we didn't think we would be able to get pregnant, surprise. <laughs> our health insurance did not cover childbirth, so we had an additional $5,000 in payments. With a growing family, though, we were more determined than ever to get rid of mortgage. By the way, mortgage's root word is death, mort. Look that up. Pray about that. Okay. I read that. I was like, wow. Okay, here we go. With a growing family, we were driven to get rid of our mortgage. Praise God. I don't know how we did it, but we did it in just less than four years. We beat our goal by a full year. This proves we can trust God and do it, and you can too. On the other side of this, it is so awesome. It's such a peaceful thing to know that money does not control us. Can I read that line again? She said, it's such a peaceful feeling to know that money does not control us. Even though I am a teacher and my wife stays home with our kids, now we take those vacations and spend extra time with them. Plus, we've adopted another girl from China. How cool is that? Making our family of four on a teacher's salary. We give like never before, and most importantly, we live the life God intended. Come on, can we give praise God? Can we just praise God for that? I want you to realize Keith and Karen's story is just like a lot of stories I've heard in this church family. Seriously, I've heard so many of you, after coming to the Better to Give seminar, you, you've come up to me, and uh, there's been a, a great percentage of you that go through that. It's three hours of training. You come through it and you say, you know what? I didn't realize money had such a control on me, and I'm, I'm going to give it to God. And it's... Yeah, I never thought I would see tears uh, over a budget. <laughs> you know, not the painful tears, not like, I can't get rid of that. Well, one guy did one, one time. But, <laughs> but most of the time, I've seen a couple times when I was at the table and people would just start crying like, money was my Lord, and I didn't realize it. Wow, right? God wants to take care of you. Can I just say that? God wants to take care of you. Remember what we said last week. Grace is what God gives you. Faithfulness is what you give God. 
Grace is what God gives you. Faithfulness is what you give God. Generosity is formed in our hearts as we're shaped into the image of Jesus. And remember the verse I come back to a lot. This is God's goal for your life, to be formed into the image of Jesus. You know, last week we ended our sermon with Genesis 12, if you remember, that God's desire to bless all nations through Abraham became a reality with Jesus, right? Jesus comes on the scene as the the darling of heaven, the son of God. He becomes the son of man. He dies in our place, paying for our sin, our greed, our selfishness, right? He dies in our place, paying the price for all of our sin, preparing a place in heaven for us, and then saying, hey, I have prepared this place and I promise you, you can trust me. I promise you, if you'll put your trust in me, I will be with you always. Now, here's where it's going to get interesting. Look at Hebrews 13, 5. This verse jumped out at me. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, wait a minute. Jordan, wait, wait. I don't know if those two things go together. No, guys, this is one verse. Keep your life free from the love of money. Now, by the way, it doesn't say free from money. Don't confuse the two because God sometimes does bless you. Read Deuteronomy 6. Read Deuteronomy 28 through 30. Read Genesis 12. God blesses you. By the way, God says, Abraham, I'm going to make you and all your descendants the head and not the tail. You will be the lender and not the borrower. How can you lend something you don't have, right? God does want to bless you, but the blessing is his peace and being his channel of blessing, not to hoard and to keep. Amen? So listen to this, guys. He says, I will never leave or forsake you. Can I tell you guys a funny story about my daughter real quick? Is that okay? Um, Eva got real scared. This is about three years ago. I may have told this to you, so forgive me. if I had. She walked around the corner, and I opened the door, and uh, I don't know if I was getting my coat or something, and she goes, um, Daddy, don't leave. And she thought I was leaving. I said, I will never leave or forsake you. You know, I just being silly. She goes, you forsake me to the mall? I was like, no, that is not what I said. <laughs> you forsake me to the mall? <laughs> no. I'm like, no, I'm not. I, no. I was like, I'm just not going to quote Jesus to you anymore. You're three. I'm just, yeah. Okay. But listen, you got to connect these two things. Jesus, love for you and commitment to you will free you from your love of money. I thought, Holy Spirit, how can I reword this so they get it? Let me say it like this. Jesus' promise of intimacy removes the worry of deficiency. And I know I'm cheesy because I like to rhyme sometimes. But hear me. Jesus' promise of intimacy, right? Jesus' promise of intimacy removes the worry of deficiency. Because so many people live with this lack mindset. I might not have enough. I might not have enough. (laughs) My precious. Right? And I want to ask you, when Isaiah calls Jesus the prince of peace, does the prince of peace want you to live with anxiety, fear, a hoarding mentality of if I let go of this, I will lose my joy. Does Jesus want you to live like that? No, absolutely not. He wants you to be completely trusting of him. Open hands, 
God, whatever you want for my life. God, if you want me to move to China, I'll move to China to be a missionary. If you want me to give $1,000 to that missionary, I'll do it right now. You're listening to a Bella Women's Center, right? You're there. There's been times when I've been at that thing. Have you guys ever been at Bella Women's? Oh, right? And you hear these stories. You're like, God, make me a part of this miracle. And God says, write that check for this amount. And you're like, ooh, Lord, that's a big one, right? But the minute you do it, you're telling your heart who's in charge. Amen? The good steward trusts in the Lord, not his possessions. When you realize how faithful Jesus is, you will be free from the love of money. You will be free. I want to ask you, what would that feel like? What would that feel like if money didn't control you? How many just nod along and say, that'd be cool? Because we make a lot of our decisions through that filter, right? Now, it's wise to be a good steward. You, obviously, if you've been to the, the Better to Give Seminar, you know I know that. You know I, or know I preach that. To be wise, to save, to be frugal, of course. But this idea of control is what God's dealing with us today, Right? The more revelation of the favor and the love of your father you have, the more generous you'll be. Can I say that? The more revelation of the father, of his love, the more generous you'll be. I want to end with this. I was writing this sermon, and I just bowed my head like I do often. I say, Lord, what other scripture do you want to take me to? And you know what he took me to? David saying this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. How many people want because they don't see him as shepherd? How many people, if I could just, if I could just have more, if I could just, and, and there's this wanting, this craving, this verse that we open with today, this striving to be rich. Why? Because maybe, Maybe you need another revelation of how good the shepherd is. You need to change your love. You need to change your affection. Right? And I know this is hidden, I know this is hidden home. I know this is a hard message maybe for us to hear. There's been times in my life it's been, it's been very hard. Again, like I said, many times God has, has said to me, hey, I want to stretch you more in this area. I'm like, Lord, I'm just not ready to be stretched right now in this area. You know what I'm saying? But he convicts us and he speaks to us. And, he, and, and when he asks us to give and we try to hold on. You know what he asked me? I remember there was, there was a, a, a seminar. I'll just tell you. I won't tell you the details of the story. I'll just tell you the the, the um you know, the general idea of the story. I was sitting right there in that second row. And I had scheduled a guy named Compass Financial to come in. This is before we did Better to Give Seminars. This is years ago. Because I had seen how much joy and just peace it brought and uh, just me and the different people who came through the class with us, precaries and other friends of ours, we had taken the class together. And I'm sitting right there, and I'm, Pastor David, I'm the one who scheduled the guy. And suddenly I'm crying my eyes out. <laughs> Right? Because the Holy Spirit said this to me. Why didn't you give that? And I'll just leave a blank. And I was like, right? Get this. I'm dealing with this. 
The Holy Spirit's talk. Have you guys ever had the preachers talking to you, but the Holy Spirit's saying something to you? Particular, right? <laughs> and he was talking, and suddenly I, I tuned back in. I was listening to the Lord. The Lord was dealing with me. And then all of a sudden I tuned back in, and the guy mentions the very exact thing that the Lord just told me I was supposed to give away. I was like, I'm crying more, right? And so I committed to the Lord, Lord, I'll never do that again. If you give me that opportunity to give that again, I, I won't disobey. Because I want to be faithful, guys, because my faithfulness looks different than yours. God's going to ask things of you. He's not going to ask of me. That's the beauty of stewardship. That's why I cannot compare my stewardship to yours. Let's stand up to our feet. Like David, you will discover that you want less and need less the more joy you find in knowing the shepherd. Again, I'm not saying things are bad, right? If it wasn't for my wife, I'd be a hoarder, y'all, okay? Anybody like, you like stuff, right? Just me and Dave, thank you. I, we have a very honest group here. All right, anybody like stuff? You like buying stuff? Okay, exactly. So this is why God can deal with this, right? And for, for everybody, it's different, right? For everybody, it's different. But that, that thing that costs you money, there's times when the Holy Spirit will say, why don't you give that to me? Right? That thing that, that maybe you like to buy on a repeated basis, the Lord might say, why don't you give that to her? And you might say, well, why would he ask? Because he wants to make sure he is Lord and that thing isn't Lord. Right? He wants to make sure that your peace comes from him, your shepherd, not having the money in the bank, not having the possessions. We give it all away. One of the best books I read on this was the founder of Hobby Lobby. His book was called Giving It All Away. Giving it all away. Can everybody just say that? Giving it all away. Guys, we've had three cars given in three weeks. One church member to another church member, right? People say, I'll give that. There's going to be so many blessings. There's going to be so many miracles. I just want to pray for you right now. Would you just open up your hands for a minute? I want to give some of you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord in just a minute. But first, I want to just pray for you. I just feel led to say, God, give us open hands. Forgive us for needing control. In fact, can we just all pray this? Say, God, forgive me for needing control. Wow, can we say that again? God, forgive me for needing control. Let's say this. My peace doesn't come, doesn't come from having control, but having trust in you. Teach me to give like you gave. Teach me to sacrifice like you sacrificed. Jesus, you gave your all on the cross. Come on, say that with me. You gave your all on the cross. How can I not give to you? Speak to my heart today. 
reveal any greed. Come on, let's say it again. Reveal any greed. Any dark area of my heart that I haven't given to you. Wash me clean. Wash me clean, God. Lord, you are in charge. We worship you, Lord. I want to give an opportunity for anyone who doesn't know the Lord this morning. I just want to tell you, you may be a skeptic. You may be an atheist. You may say, I don't know about this whole trusting God thing or following Jesus. Maybe you're tuning in online and you're thinking that. I, I don't know about this being a Christian thing. Sir, ma'am, I want to tell you, we will all face the master and we will all be held account for what we were given. And I want to tell you, he has given you grace. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Nothing you can do. You can be the steward that comes in at 5 p.m., works one hour, and you're going to get the same reward for the steward that came in at 9 a.m., for the person who received Christ when they were 12 years old. Sir, ma'am, you may be 50 years old, you may be 70 years old and say, I've never lived for the Lord. I've never stepped foot in church, but I know God is speaking to me. I want to tell you right now, you can change your life. God can change your life right now. Today can be the day that you say, I can be a child of God. God, for, God can forgive me of all of my sin, all of my mistakes, all the greed, all the need for control, all the need for power that tends to ruin my life and ruin my relationships, this sin within me, this sin, Paul says, the sin within me that causes such death. Sir, ma'am, I want to tell you, Jesus paid the price for that sin. He crawled upon your cross and died in your place. He died in my place. The sin that caused him, that required death, he paid it so you could be forgiven, so you could be his brother or sister, a child of God. If that's you and you want to receive Jesus right now, I want to ask you to just raise your hand if you're in this house. And if you're at home, I want you to literally just stand up to your feet. If you're looking at the TV or an iPhone, I want you to stand up to your feet, make a declaration right now that your life is going to be committed to Jesus. I want to give you just a minute. And in case there's anyone praying this prayer online, can we just all do this together? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you broken and honest. My sin causes a lot of pain. And I see now that you died for my sin. You paid the price that I deserved. You rose again three days later and promised me resurrection life. You've made a place in heaven for me. And I commit my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. Wash me clean of every sin. Make me your child, God choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said?
Amen. Guys, we've had people give their hearts to line, to, to, line, to Jesus online. How many know that God can use anything, right? I just want to pray for you, Brandon's friend. Can you guys reach your hands towards this young lady? Thank you, Lord. Just for fun, can I get your name? Brianna. Father, I just thank you for Brianna. Thank you for her childlike uh, spirit. Brianna, so God sometimes just speaks in uh, word pictures. And I just saw you as a child, like a four-year-old, and the Father, Father God, coming to you, and you're seated at a table, right? And he just gives you all kinds of gifts. He just lays them in front of you, and you're just smiling like a cute little four-year-old. And you're just saying, wow, God, thank you. And I just want to tell you, Brianna, is it Brianna? Brianna, God's going to bless you. Many gifts, many gifts. You won't be able to stop uh, the gifts in your life. There's going to be these little things that just make you smile like a child. And I guess here's what God's saying. God is saying, I am honoring your childlikeness. I'm honoring your childlikeness. In fact, Jesus says, doesn't the, a good father love to give good gifts to his children? If you'll just ask, and God says there's been a special, unique things you've been asking for. I want to say two or three, maybe three in particular. You've been somewhat specific with the Lord, right? You said, I want this, this, and this. And you've actually feared that you were being needy or demanding. And God, right? And God says, you weren't being needy. I love to give you good gifts. So God says, when you have listed those things, I've heard them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer all three. I'll, all three, uh, all three, I'll take care of them. And God says, thank you for trusting me. Uh, Father God says, thank you for trusting me. These three things will happen, boom, boom, boom. Very specific that you've been praying for. Uh, and I see them going like this, by the way. Um, so they'll happen, maybe not all the same day, but they'll, they'll happen. And then the next season, when I, I see you like, I don't know, 23, right in there, that happen. And the next season, what happened? Because these are big things. God says these are big things. They're specific, but they're very big requests. You've been very clear. I feel like if I got an email from you, I would know exactly what you wanted. And it's it's like God said, I'm you have told me exactly what you wanted. And God says, I am ready to bless your socks off. So, Father, we, we bless her right now. We thank you for her childlike heart. Lord, I just encourage her today. You love her childlike heart. You love her tenacity. You love her audacity in prayer. You are an audacious sweetheart, uh, audacious loving child. And God says, I'm going to bless you, bless you, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, Lord. I Can I just bless you guys too? Can you just open your hands? God, I bless them with a heart uh, that's open to you. Every opportunity to give, I pray that they would just obey. Lord, they would just be prompted by your spirit and have no delay. May they not rationalize the lies. May they not rationalize the lies of their need to keep that. <laughs> but may they obey right away in Jesus' name. 
Or we have an application part of this for you too. Yeah, on your way out, um, I said, Lord, how can we make this real, the sacrifice that you paid, right? Because the last 20 minutes we said, Jesus is the example. Jesus showed us stewardship. Jesus shows us sacrificial love. So on your way out, I want you to take one of these little nails because it's going to remind you. I want you to put it on your, on your dresser. It's going to remind you, if Jesus gave his all, come on, right? If Jesus, the Lamb of God that we sang about earlier, if he gave his all, it can remind us to say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to give? Amen? All right. Love you guys. See ya.